With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to the Chase Down Podcast. My name's Carter Rodriguez, my usual uh, host, Justin Rowan. We're going to give him the night off because it's time to get degenerate. Uh, don't, joining the chase down uh, this evening is uh, Nate Jacobson, one of my very, very good friends and also the best gambler I know. And I uh, thought it'd be fun to invite Nate on, uh, talk through uh, the best gambling angles to start the season. Nate, how you doing, buddy? Carter, I'm thrilled to be on the show and talking betting. I'm doing great. Just came back from Vegas, so I'm definitely in the betting mood. Picked up uh NBA over under uh, sheet at the Westgate uh, Casino and Sportsbook. And uh, I always enjoy talking basketball with you. So it's an honor to be on your show. And I miss working with you in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, how was the Westgate? I hear like the what I've kind of always heard is that it's like kind of a dump, but the Sportsbook is like unreal. Yeah. From the outside of the building, it doesn't look like the nicest hotel looks pretty outdated compared to some of the other places, especially on the strip. But inside, Pretty cool casino, a really, really cool setup for watching sports, uh, especially the NFL where I was on Sunday and they have an, a separate watch party in their theater. So really cool to uh, watch football and uh, just hang out and hang out with everyone who's excited and watching the games, betting a bunch of people, a bunch of Joe Publix, as we like to call them in their favorite <laughs> NFL jerseys, screaming about uh, the end of the Panthers game because the Panthers had a teaser and the, and the Browns winning, which uh, a lot of people are excited about. I think that's the cool thing about being in a sports book is it's like normally when you're sweating out a stupid teaser or like a ridiculous like series of events, like you're kind of alone. Like you only have like if you're with friends, they're like they just probably think you're stupid. Right. Or, yeah. And you don't want to annoy your friends who might they don't care about your bet and whether you win or lose. But when you're in a sports book, everyone either you're with the people and wanting to win together or against them, because at the end of the day, it's you against the house and you want the players to uh, to come out on top. Yeah. Um, I, I was curious, like I, I was thinking about your time in Vegas and I was like, I wonder what's better between like a packed sports book on an NFL Sunday full of a bunch of Joe Publix or like a Tuesday night at 1 a.m. sweating out the Los Angeles Sparks line. <laughs> that's <laughs> so a, the that's latter a might question. be more depressing, but more fun. Yeah, well, I've uh, spent some time in the uh, some uh, some OTBs around Chicago, <laughs> so I, I've seen depressing when it comes to betting. So I would have to actually have to say the NFL experience uh just because it's more vibrant and people are happy and and people aren't taking out second mortgages because Tina Charles went off. Yeah, exactly. Nothing like that. And on an NFL Sunday, it's just all good fun. That's fair. So, um, 
I know a lot of NBA podcasts, they like to just go through every single over under. And honestly, I don't really like doing that. I, I think it's kind of boring after a while. It's like, it, it's a nice mechanism to preview the season. Um, but ultimately, like, you're not really like, it, it almost like waters down good value picks because you're like, you're forced to weigh in on every single one. Um, and I'm sure, you know, people are like, oh, those are my locks, but it's just kind of waters it down. So I figured, uh, we would just kind of go through, find the lines that we find the most interesting and just talk about them um, for win totals this year. Uh, Jeff Sherman from the West, he is from Westgate, right? Yeah, he's uh, one of the bookmakers there. And uh, I picked up a sheet on Sunday, but today or yesterday, he tweeted out the updated odds. I'll uh, say this, Nate. I miss, I think the extra character limit has really one helped Jeff Sherman's game, but I kind of miss having to sort through like six tweets to get through all the over Yeah, going through like three, especially when they didn't have threads on Twitter and it was all over the place. And you're just trying to figure out uh, all the win totals and other NBA props. The good old days for complete losers like us. Um, <laughs> so we do have, uh, we have odds from Westgate as recent as uh, October 8th. So uh, this should be ru- this should be running on Thursday morning. So uh, they might have moved marginally, but I can't imagine a significant move. Uh, if you don't get the better of the line uh, at two days from now, I'm sorry, uh, but that's just how it's going to go. So, uh, what lines have really jumped out to you, Nate? Uh, looking at the the league wide. Yeah, league-wide, so nothing that I'm um, necessarily interested in betting on a win total basis as of now, but something I was tracking all summer, and obviously you were probably tracking, and a lot of your listeners, was um, the LeBron James situation and how it impacted the Los Angeles Lakers win total. And once the Lakers got him, kind of what that win total would be set at. And I remember right when he signed – um, I think the next day, some offshore sports book, one of like, uh, I think my book year, one of those with like, they have all those weird novelty props with really low limits. I think put the Lakers out in the somewhere in the 60, 60s. And uh, at the time, <laughs> I think there was some hope that either uh, Kawhi Leonard or DeMarcus Cousins would kind of come in and join and the Lakers would, we're going to, oh, Paul George, I guess, too, was a possibility at the time. Uh, would come in and start kind of a new big three for the Lakers. Well, instead, the Lakers went a route with, instead of trading some young players for a guy like Kawhi Leonard, they added a bunch of veterans like a bunch uh, of Rondo, <laughs> McGee, and so much so that they, they have such a weird mix of uh, people that when the Westgate opened their numbers on October, or sorry, August 5th, the Lakers were only – 48 and a half, which I thought was very low. I was hoping somewhere in the mid fifties. Yeah. I think we were, we were hoping that the Joe Publix would just go nuts. Like you would think LA is close to Vegas. Uh, Like a lot of Lakers fans are excited to be relevant for the first time in eight years. Yeah, exactly. I think even when the LeBron signed with the Lakers, they were like, six to one to win the finals. So if you're six to one to win the finals, you should be somewhere definitely in the mid fifties, upper fifties on your season win number. Um, so definitely the Lakers stood out as some, a number that was so low that I don't even want to bet under. I'd only be able to look over. And, um, and it's worth noting that line's moved down. 
Yeah. They're down to 47 and a half wins. And it's like, there, there is a point of no return where it's like, it's so low. You have to bet the over just like betting on LeBron's just residual greatness. Even if you really don't like the roster. Right. But you know, when all those moves were happening this summer and it was kind of confusing what they were doing, you didn't really know what plan they were going with. You were coping. Wow. I'll get like a, 55 and a half or something and maybe like an eight to one on the no for them to make the playoffs and I I think there would have been great value there but now it looks like their playoff no is uh plus 300 so that's definitely out of the picture um uh, but when it does come to J- the Lakers, Just, Justin would probably uh my co-host would probably love to get three to one odds on the Lakers not making the playoffs because I think he thinks it's going to happen I actually think they're going to be pretty good um yeah the, the west is deep though where um, there are a lot of good teams, much better than the East, where um, the top 10 teams in the West have a win total of over 41 and a half uh, currently. That's as long as uh, Jimmy Butler still stays with the Timberwolves. Who knows what will happen if if he leaves and that number probably will go down. Yeah, that's already dropped three, three uh, wins. They open at 44 and a half. So Vegas is clearly hedging their bets to make sure they don't get destroyed. Correct. Uh, I do wonder with the Lakers, um, and sorry to anyone who's ready for us to make a pick, we're just going to talk conceptually about lines. I wonder if that line having dropped since it opened means the Sharps are just pounding that under. Yeah, you, you with think like maybe, heavy money. You think maybe so because the, the casual better who's in from Southern California for the weekend who's a Lakers fan um, is just going to bet over blindly, but the real money might be on the Lakers under. Um, Hard to say. Uh, one way I think I would approach the Lakers, and if you are kind of wanting to bet against the Lakers but don't want to tie up your money for seven months on a win total, I think betting against the spread on them or betting against them um, in individual games early in the season probably is the way to go. Um, I'm really excited to see what the Lakers do if they start out poor because like all this like high-concept talk about – they're going to run and LeBron's going to play off ball and LeBron's really excited for the young guys to develop. Like, I wonder how that'll hold up in the face of adversity. And that's actually a good reason why you shouldn't bet the under is like, there's a world in which LeBron tries to leverage a a win now trade where they, they go pick up someone that actually makes them better. And then all of a sudden you're miserable with your, under right. 47 when they're looking like a 55 win team yeah you definitely don't want to uh do that in that case um definitely the lakers could make a move if they start off well um but or if I, they start I, off poorly is kind of my point like yeah I think they're that. more likely for lebron to get impatient and say do something i'm not playing with these bums anymore right but you have to kind of wonder if um he played 82 games last year he played deep into june um, or deep into the playoffs last year, if him knowing that the Warriors now have uh, Cousins in the mix on that one-year deal, if they're so far better than every than the Lakers right now, if they kind of uh, maybe not try as hard during the regular season to maybe make a bigger push for the 2019-2020 season. Worth noting that LeBron is also going to be splitting time between two teams, uh, the Lakers and the Toon Squad. Uh, so, and, and if it's anything like the last uh, game the Toon Squad played, it's going to be really physical. Um, and it's just worth wondering if his body's going to hold up in the face of that. But, but 
But uh, to the LeBron note, there's always two sides of that story, and we got to look at the Cavs. Um, they opened at a paltry 30 and a half. Uh, that line has been bet up a half a game to 31. Uh, so they are on, in Vegas's eyes, right on par with the Orlando Magic. Um, where do you settle on that line? Yeah, I, I have to say, uh, this is a bet I'm going to make. I'm going to bet under on the Cavaliers. And sorry to all the uh, Loyals Cavs fans out there, but a few reasons why I really like under here. And and we mentioned LeBron playing 82 games last year. And that Cavaliers team still only won 50 games. And uh, if you look deeper, and I think point differential is a kind of a good way to judge how a team did from the uh, during the regular season. It's an 82-game sample size, so... Uh, plenty to see there, but their point differential is only point, uh, yeah, point nine. So zero point nine point differential, which basically is like that's like a, a forty-two team, win point differential, yeah, a team, really. Team just above five hundred, and I think the reason why they won fifty, even though they had the point differential of a team in the low to mid forties, was just because of LeBron at the end of the game is the guy you want. Uh, on your side and the Cavs won a lot of coin flip games because of that and uh, another thing that I think might go a little bit unnoticed with the Cavaliers even though LeBron isn't on the team he definitely tortured some of the top teams in the Eastern Conference over the last four years namely the Celtics the Raptors um, I guess the Hawks aren't relevant so you can't really include them but I think that when the Cavaliers come to town or they go to teams go to Cleveland, they're going to still play the Cavs tough. They're yeah, they're going to relish getting to beat the shit out of them. Exactly, especially Toronto, especially Boston. Yeah, especially I, even playoffs. Boston, you can tell they're still I, – I don't know if you saw the scuffle between JR and Marcus Smart Yeah, uh, during that preseason game, but like clearly there's still bad blood there, and the Cavs have a lot less uh, ammo uh, to go into that fight with. Right, and even though uh, LeBron's not there – uh, Kevin Love's still there. Lou's still the coach. J.R. Smith. So there's still some pieces from those teams that were uh, some players who were key parts of knocking those teams out of the playoffs. Yeah, they're going to relish getting to, especially like going into Cleveland and just like smashing them. Uh, I, you know, I I won't be betting the under on this one because I actually think is a really good line. Um, I think like the best way to look at over under lines is like how it what you think a team's best case scenario is, what their worst case scenario is, and somewhere in the middle. And I, if I would guess, I think the Cavs are going to win 30 games this year. And if my guess is within one to two wins of the line, that means I think it's a pretty good line, right? Uh, yeah. There are teams where you see their number and you think, oh, that, the only way they get to that number is, I mean, literal best case scenario. If everything goes right, they get to that number. Or... And so you bet the under, or if you see a, a line that's, oh man, like things would, everything would have to fail for them to be that bad. You bet the over. Um, Cause you know, you account for, you know, some positive, some negative Cavs. I just think it's a good line. Like I think LeBron was worth about 20 games for them last year and that puts them right at 30. Right. Yep. That's yeah. And I think that he might even be worth more than 20 games, but yeah, if you think that then that's 30 and, Really, when it comes to betting basketball or really any sport, I think the only time you have a good bet, unless there's some other circumstance, is if you think the line is wrong. So if you think the line is right, there's no pressure in betting it. There's 30 other, 29 other teams to bet on, and you don't really want to 
bet too many teams and you might just want to pick, you know, between two and four, just kind of have throughout the season. Um, so if something's right on the, uh, right on the money, then you just move on to the next team and, and begin researching them. Yeah, I would agree. Um, to that end, uh, I think we both have a team for whom we think the line is, is not correct. Uh, and that is the Indiana Pacers who open at 47 and a half. And as of, uh, as of Monday are at 48, uh, they won 48 wins last year. And to me, Nate, this is a team whose best case scenario is staying about where they were. Right. I think the line, like you said, we think the line's a little bit off. Um, I think a lot of this win totals built in to how they overachieved last year and then how they played against the Cavaliers in the playoffs, taking them to seven games. And the last thing we remember with the Pacers was them playing a very close series with the Cavaliers where I think after game three, going into game four, they were favored to win the series. So and everyone's going to remember that. Uh, people liked what they did in the offseason. I know you weren't a fan, Carter, but it's yeah, kind of a- I, I want to talk about that because it feels like they got a bunch of credit for signing a bunch of almost scrubs. Like, like they way overpaid Doug McDermott, who uh, for some reason, like after half a year in Dallas, like everyone decided was okay, even though he's everyone had pretty much agreed he was a bust before then. Um, so then, but then they signed two two guys that I don't think. Then they signed Kyle Quinn, who's like an NBA Twitter darling, and. Yeah, I like him. He's fine. But, like, I don't see how a backup five is going to move the needle when they really need to play, be playing DeMontis Sabonis at backup five um, for the minutes that so they can split up him and Miles Turner a little bit. Uh, even if they're going to start together, you want to split them up as much as possible. And then they, they signed Tyreek Evans, who I've never seen a better candidate for a huge regression uh, from last year to this year. Like, I think he shot like 42% off the dribble threes last year. Like, if, if, if you really think that's who he is now, uh, be my guest. I got, I got some great beachfront property to sell you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I, I, and I don't think he's going to thrive without the ball in his hands, and everything that the Pacers do revolves around Victor Oladipo right now. Yeah, so I think it's a perfect storm where you have a team that did well in the playoffs, overachieved last year. People like the offseason moves. It's kind of like in the NFL when a team kind of wins the offseason. You look to bet against them on the uh, season win total under because there's a lot of buzz for the team. And just kind of a basic strategy with win totals in really any sport is trying to look for the team that overachieved the year before and bet against them. So last year, the Indiana Pacers, their win total opened at 30 and a half. So basically at that point, they were expected to be kind of in that group of tanking teams based on what the odds makers told us. They ended up winning 48 games, point differential of 1.4 throughout the season. So definitely a clear team that overachieved. And And they're not going to catch anyone off guard this year. Right. I I said, uh, also wrote down that they won't be overlooked this year. There'll be a target on their, there'll be a target on their back. They were a good team. And uh, last year, I think they maybe benefited from some teams, you know, maybe they were part of a second part of a back-to-back or somewhere in, the, in that mix of a bad scheduling spot, and they just kind of punted that game against the Pacers. So we're not, we're not going to see that this year. People know that they made the playoffs last year, and teams are definitely going to give them their best effort. Yeah, I think, like, if you're looking at, like, what a successful season would be, like, if I were a Pacer fan, I would 
I think if you could divorce yourself from, you know, big expectations, I would say 45 wins. Like, okay, we're going to lose a few more of those 50-50 games, but as long as everyone still stays playing well, 45 seems fair. 48, that's that means they got to win 49 games uh, in order for you to hit your over bet. Um, whereas the under just feels more reasonable. I feel like their best case scenario is 48. Their worst case scenario would be, you know, one of those Pistons type regressions where the Pistons just flip flop every year. Um, but I think their most likely scenario is like 43 to 45 wins. And I think there's a lot of value there. Yeah. I think that would be good enough to make the playoffs. Cause I, I, uh, tallied the win totals in order by conference. And right now the eighth best team or the eighth highest win total in Eastern conference is the Pistons with 38 and a half. Ugh. So <laughs> it looks like there's like a group of seven teams in the East where it'd be a surprise if uh, one of those seven didn't make the playoffs. Um, so the Pacers should make the playoffs. I know they're six to one on the no to make the playoffs. So you're kind of, kind of a long shot um, bet if you are taking the no. So I think under is definitely a good play. And I think we maybe two years ago with the trailblazers after Aldridge left, um, they were, they went surprised. Like, they were lined at like 26 wins or something. And then they had a really good season. And the next season they jumped up 20 wins on their win total of 46. And that was kind of the, uh, the automatic regression bet that you you're looking for when betting on a team that overachieved the year before. Yeah. And it's like, there's a, there's an expectation in the NBA of like linear growth. It's like, oh, they won 48 and they're young, so they'll win 50 this year. And it's like, that's just not how it works. Um, it's not that simple. It's not that easy um, as teams get used to what you're running. I mean, they caught everyone by surprise last year. And I think even if, even going into that game, knowing they have a good record, you're like, these guys, Victor Oladipo, Victor Oladipo, like he was a bum on the Thunder last year. It's fine. We got this. And then they went and punched everyone in the mouth. Um I just think teams are going to be more ready for them this year. So I think we both definitely like that under. Uh, do you have any overs that you're a fan of? Yeah, I want to get your thoughts on this. Um, my over is the Houston Rockets, and I, I was a little confused by this line. Uh, opened in August at 54.5. It's got bet up right now to 56.5. Uh, this is a team that won 65 games last season. And we were talking about point differential better, so or differential earlier, and how important that is. Well, they had the top point differential in the league at eight point five um, throughout the whole season, regular season. And the reason I like this bet is because they're a really good regular season game because of the way they use James Harden and Chris Paul, how they stagger the minutes. Where for the most part, if the game's competitive, at least one of them is on the court at the same time. Um, so they had a lot of success in the regular season because of that. They won 65 games, even though Chris Paul missed a good amount of time. Um, and another reason is I think this win total will be higher if they somehow were able to beat the Warriors last year. Um, obviously, before Chris Paul got hurt, they probably were the series favorite after they took that. Um, or was it they went up to, or tied the series at – or they t- went up 3-2. Yeah, they two. went up 3-2. Yeah, yeah they, they went up 3-2 and Chris Paul got hurt. And I remember – right after the game looking at updated series prices and I think the Rockets were a favorite and then we got more uh, news right after that game about Chris Paul's injury and the Warriors flipped as a favorite so the Rockets were right there where if they won the West and then would have been favorites in the NBA finals against the Cavs we would have definitely seen this win total um, 
I think in the either higher fifties, probably low sixties, um, depending on what they did in the off season. And I know the Trevor Reza loss is a, could be a big considered a big loss. Um, and maybe a, a con for betting this win total over and maybe an even a bigger con, uh, Carmelo Anthony, but I still think this team has a, a potential to win 60 games. They know if they want to win the West, they need home court over the Warriors. And I think the way that they're uh, they're built is for the regular season. Yeah, you know, when you said, first off, sorry, I just dropped my water bottle and it's like crashed onto the floor uh, while you were uh, making that point very well. I, You know, I think like when you told me Rockets, my first instinct was to kind of turn my nose up at it. It didn't sound very good to me. But the more I think about it, it's like, you're right. They won 65 games. Are they really nine games worse next year? Uh, that that seems like kind of an overreaction to an offseason that admittedly was not like ideal. But like, I think people are kind of freaking out a little bit too much. I mean, Trevor Ariza is a, is a nice player. I think James Ennis is going to be just fine, especially as Ariza gets older. Um, uh, I, I know they lo- lost uh, Luke Richard in Mute. Um, I don't know, man. It's just like all these guys that like NBA Twitter just like idolizes, and I'm just like, ah, they're all fine. They're all fine. You can you can get guys to play hard and hit, you know, 35 percent of their threes, um, and. You know, the mellow thing has potential to be a problem, but I actually am on uh, the side of the idea that I don't think Mello is just going to matter. I think he's just going to be a volume shooter off the bench. And every team has one of those uh, for the most part, and a lot of good teams do. Uh, so as long as he's not like – as long as Mike D'Antoni, who probably already hates the guy from their time in New York, <laughs> uh, doesn't like – go out of his way to give him huge minutes. I don't really think he's going to swing their season one way or the other. I think he's just going to provide some volume shooting, which they do need uh, when their stars are resting. You know, he's not so bad that he can't do that. Uh, It just feels like an overreaction to the mellow thing to me. Yeah, I'm not really sure why it's that low. And I just think, like I said, I don't think the uh, factor of Harden and Paul, um, how they use them in different moments of the game where they're, they're not both on the bench at the same time helps them a lot win those kind of toss up regular season games, even though the Western conference is super deep. I would agree. Um, so moving on, uh, looking at, are there any other lines that you think are interesting over or under wise over under wise? I think we mentioned the Lakers. Um, I guess one team, um, that was interesting. I don't really have an opinion at all, but the Utah Jazz are the have the third highest win total in the Western Conference. Which people is, love the Jazz, man. A lot of people are picking the Jazz to finish second in the West, and yeah. I just, I, I, I just don't get the love affair, man. Gobert gets hurt every year. Um, everyone seems to like Dante Exum, even though he hasn't really shown that much, uh, and also gets hurt every year. Um, and like. Are we sure Donovan Mitchell isn't going to just take a minor step back? Like, like we're asking a lot out of him uh, to all of a sudden. I mean, now, in fairness, I will say this about the the win total lines in the West, Nate. Like, yes, there's a lot of teams that are over 40 wins. Only three in the 50s. Right. Like, a lot of these teams, the Nuggets – the Pelicans, the Spurs, even the Jazz are only at 50. So it feels like Vegas thinks these teams are going to be a little more evenly distributed. 
like the highest win total is the Warriors at 62 and a half, then the Celtics 58 and a half. But then everything else, it's 56 and a half down to 23 and a half for the Hawks, which is, by the way, a little too low, in my opinion. That actually might, might be my favorite little over bet, but that's just because I believe in Trey Young. I th- and we're going to get to that in a minute, but I think he's going to be a player uh, as long as he plays the right style of basketball. Uh, in terms of a good under that we haven't talked about since you already shit on my team, uh, we'll talk <laughs> about your team. Bulls at 30, that feels like it could get disastrous real quick. Yeah, especially if uh, our boy, Laurie Markin, and uh, uh, Laurie the first month. And, Rip and uh, peace your at, arm. At least, at least Jabari Parker will be able to play his natural position of, uh, of, this, of the power forward, right? Yeah, but he, I think he's – I'm worried Jabari might be cooked. Yeah. You can't tear – like tearing your ACL that many times, I just like – you have to at least be a little nervous that he's just not good anymore. And Levine has shown very little uh, development in any part of his game other than chucking. And like, it's like a team full of guys who can score, but I don't really know how you generate a smart offense out of it. Uh, I think Fred Hoiberg has his work cut out for him and I don't really know if he's up to the task. Uh, I think that that team competed pretty well last year, and I, I really like Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, it's just like that's a team that I see that over under, and I'm a little I'm a little hesitant to pull the trigger there. Also, uh, we lost our gambling preview last year. I'm back in on the Grizzlies, baby. <laughs> Give me the over. That's a 36 win team. Ooh, I don't know if I'm there yet with them, but I'll. I'll... I'll say one thing about the Bulls. They're they're a team that uh, I'm I'm gonna look to blindly bet, maybe not blindly bet, but look to bet over the point total in their games because of how poor defensively they are. And maybe if you want to bet against the Bulls, um, bet on the teams they're playing over the team total, which you have to kind of dig for on an individual basis. But yeah, the Bulls are gonna be a disaster defensively. And the time when the Bulls did compete well last year is when they had Nick uh, Meritich playing and when he was healthy and he kind of ruined their tanking plan. And when yeah. they traded him, then they became really bad. So no Meritich this year. So um, the, the line on the Bulls moved from 27 and a half to 30. Yeah, I don't um, get what, has, what they've done to earn two and a half win. I thought 27 and a half was a pretty good line. Yeah, I think that line is good, but I think the way to attack the Bulls is – betting over in their games and kind of doing that until uh, the uh, betting market catches up with that. I would agree with that. I think that's, I think that's a good way to look at it. And plus like, are you really trying to tie yourself up into watching 60 bowls games this year? Cause you bet 50 bucks on their under. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't sound, uh, doesn't sound fun. Uh, I know you mentioned the Grizzlies. We were, uh, you were on, last year in your our lost podcast the team i was on that i got totally wrong was the dallas mavericks uh i liked them last year and then they quickly became a tanking team and uh i kind of like them again this year but because of what happened last year not gonna bet their season win total of 34 and a half but i'm gonna look to bet on them early and part I'm of the really league. interested to see because they're like all in like they just paid deandre well right. not all in like it's a one-year deal for deandre and this is clearly dirk's last ride but it does feel like they should be better um, just in terms of like they do have good players on this team. Uh, I think it just kind of depends on if your Slovenian boy, your fellow Slovenian, yeah. Luka Doncic, 
is good or not. Like everyone's so sure he's going to be good. And like, I just, anytime NBA Twitter gets too sure of something, I get, I get nervous and they're really sure about this one. (laughs) And it's like, well, let's make sure he's good before we're betting that over. Well, did NBA Twitter that were they watching the uh, the Euro basket in oh. uh, 2017 when they slayed the dragon of Spain and then took? Well, out I'll tell Serbia? you this much, Nate. They'll pretend they did when they watched three clips. <laughs> uh, that's that's all NBA Twitter needs to develop a, a definitive opinion. Right. Uh, I I think with any European NBA Twitter like overcorrects, like because like they know dummies are going to be like oh this he's going to be the next Darko or something like that so they like they just like blindly overlook any of their flaws because they're like they just have to like go too far the other way I did this with Mario Hazania my boy uh, current Knicks legend Mario Hazania it happens but like I I just I just kind of want to wait to see it I think he's going to be good but I'm going to wait so I'm not going to bet that over. Well, I'm no. not going to bet early, but I think when they play some of the better teams in the West and are bigger underdogs, maybe they can catch one of those teams napping and there's some point spread value. In Plus, the Rick Carlisle's a great coach. Right. So, I, yeah, I, I don't want to bet, bet them over um, on the win total, but I do think they will be better. And after what happened last season, I think that there's going to be some big spreads when they play maybe like a team like the Thunder or the Pelicans or the Nuggets and maybe can catch a one of those middle uh, of the pack Western Conference playoff teams off guard on a, a random weeknight. Sure. I, I would tend to agree. Uh, so let's move past over-unders and into the props and other futures. And um, let's start with MVP uh, because I actually think it's really interesting because I don't think anyone should be a significant favorite this year. Um, and I actually like going a little bit down the list at, uh, for my MVP picks. Do you have does anyone jump out to you on the MVP list uh, as, as a potential good bet? Yeah, these are t- tough ones to pick just because a lot of the times the, the cream of the crop rises and, and one of the favorites win, but it's no fun betting favorites. You definitely want to hit a big payday on, uh, on these kind of these props. Here's uh, my counter to that, Nate, though. I don't think some of these longer shots are that long of shots. Um, Kevin Durant is plus 1,000. So 10 to 1 on Kevin Durant? 10 to 1. Steph is 12 to 1. Yeah, like, I mean, I like, think it's just because they, they're together, obviously, um, there's kind of the assume, assumption that one of them, um, they'll split, you know, shots and usage rate. And Yeah, I, I get one, that, one, but I get that. Nate, but like Anthony Davis is second on Bovada right now at plus 450. Um, and for any, and we probably uh, have failed our listeners who maybe are gambling novices, plus 450 just means if you bet 100 bucks, you win 450. Um, right. So if it's it's like nine to two, basically. Yeah, if nine to two odds. Those kind of odds. And Anthony Davis is plus 450. He's got the second best odds for MVP. And can you can you quickly tell me what their odds are to not make the playoffs? Because I'll bet it's not that crazy. Uh, like I I see this team. I I don't think a, a seven or an eight seed can win MVP. Yeah, Anthony. Uh, I, the Pelicans are plus one fifty five to the no to um make the playoffs. Uh, so the it's yes not to make the playoffs minus one ninety. Yeah, it's not even so. It's not particularly unlikely that they miss the postseason. That's what right. that line tells me. But so, but he's, he's out. 
450. Yeah. I, I think maybe, is, do you think that reason why he's the second favorite right now, um, at least according to Bovada, is because DeMarcus Cousins isn't there and he kind of went off at least? I, I think it's just that he went off. And yeah. I think really what it is, is they don't have anyone they like. Like LeBron is leading at plus 333. If the Lakers win 55, 60 games, he'll definitely win it. If they don't, he almost definitely won't because they're not going to give it to like a 47-win Laker team. Um, Giannis, I think, is actually, if you're going to bet a favorite, Giannis at plus 500, he's got the third best odds. That's my guy. Um, I think he's fine. he's got his first good coach in Mike Budenholzer. So the Bucks actually should overperform for once instead of underperforming. He's going to put up gaudy numbers like he always does. And this time it's actually going to be leading to consistent wins. Um, and then you look at the guys around him, James Harden. I have a sneaky feeling that voters are going to look at James Harden, even if the Rockets are good again, and go, is this really a guy we want to make a two-time MVP? Yeah, I'd agree, especially with how the uh, the playoffs ended for him and just kind of his uh, playoff past. Yeah, I don't think people want to like James Harden. I think it's like, like we just had to give him MVP last year. But I just don't think he's a two in a row, a consecutive MVP type of player. And and even if he plays well again, because he's going to play well, he always plays well. I just think voters like that stuff matters to voters and they're going to be more likely to give it to someone else. Kawhi is a really interesting bet if he stays healthy at plus 950. So I think if I'm looking at MVP, if I'm betting one of the top line guys, I'm going with Giannis at plus 500. And but I think it, you should consider sprinkling a little money on Kawhi Durant or Curry at nine fifty one thousand and twelve hundred respectively. I'm looking at the odds and and Carl Anthony Towns. I know, um, you know a lot. He may sign that big contract and um, a lot of negativity towards the Timberwolves. But he's sixty to one right now. Do you think that line would drop if they trade Jimmy Butler um, before the season ends or, or before the beginning of the season? I actually think it would go the other way because it'd be less likely to make the playoffs. Okay. I wasn't sure if, you know, I, I think there's a kind of a mindset of MVP betting and maybe a bias between people who play fantasy basketball, like uh, daily fantasy and kind of just picking on those players who get them a lot of points. And I know Towns is definitely a, a guy monster when it comes to that. Let's just say um, the word is out, man. <laughs> yeah i think everyone knows that guy is not a winner um yeah and i think the media who gets past these rumors would be load the vote for him how about demarcus cousins listed at plus 1750 seven one thousand or seventeen thousand five hundred <laughs> to an mvp yeah it's not gonna uh, play till january if that, i think I'd, i think i'd rather uh if i had a pick i think i'd rather pick lonzo ball at 450 to one <laughs> even though he might not start for the los angeles lakers uh, and we would be remiss as a Cavs podcast not to tell you, you can get Kevin Love at a cool 500 to one. So if you think the Cavs are winning 56, 50, 60 games this year, uh, be our guests. Uh, but we will probably pass on that. Let's move over to rookie of the year where the lines are even more interesting to me. Uh, tell me, Nate, why the, why the hell shouldn't I go put 20 bucks on Trey Young at plus 1100? Well, uh, because he wasn't very good uh, in college. Summer League? I don't give a shit. I watched a lot of the Big 12 basketball last year, and uh, once, you know, Press Virginia got in his face, and he had to go (laughs) 
to some of those tougher gyms across the Great Plains of the United States. He kind of seemed rattled. So he was getting triple teamed every possession. This is the perfect spot for him, though, um, in Atlanta, where he will be having ball dominant. They traded up for him, so obviously they think highly of him. So they're going to run everything. And they traded Dennis Schroeder to clear his starting spot. Right. So you're kind of looking for that that player who's going to put up a lot of stats as a rookie. And uh, that's why Colin Sexton is the third best odds at five to one. Just Yeah. If you think Colin Sexton is going to like get the raw numbers to, to get rookie of the year. And like, even if you really like Colin Sexton, I don't know how you don't put the same money on Trey young for twice as good of odds. Right. Like, I guess Colin Sexton might win more. Like, I guess if you're thinking like, Oh, what if the Cavs somehow manage a 41 season, like squeak into the playoffs as the eighth seed. And because they're going to need Sexton to be really good for that to happen. But I, I just, it just feels like Trey Young is going to get an inefficient 20 and seven in a sleep. The problem with the rookie of the year odds for me is there isn't that really big Laurie marketing type 80 to one number. I think that after the, the Laurie marketing Memorial rookie of the year bet, I have one for you. That's not, it's not 80 to one. About me earlier. Is it the no, one you no, tweeted? We're not, we're not, we're not I, there. Harry Giles is plus 2,500. And while, Kings fans are clearly in on him. He he's going to play behind Marvin Bagley. He's not going to get the chances. Um, I actually have a guy who's an even longer shot than Harry Giles on Bovada. Shea Gilgis Alexander, plus thirty three hundred, likely starting point guard for the for the Clippers, uh, assuming that Pat Beverly is not ready to come back yet. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, from a college standpoint, he definitely improved at his time of Kentucky and got a lot better as the season went on and playing in a big market like LA definitely is helpful playing in a big market, playing on a team that even though they're not good, has a lot similar to Colin Sexton has a lot of NBA players on it. Like NBA, like we know they're solid at least. And like that matters for a rookie. Cause it's like a lot of safety valves and they, they don't need, they're not going to get the full attention of the defense every single night. Um, so, yeah, it just feels like that's, like, it's another line that's just not right. Like, why is why is Michael Porter Jr., whose back might not work, have better odds than Shea Gilgis-Alexander by 900? It just, right. And I'm a, I went to Mizzou, and I'm a Mizzou fan, so uh, definitely stay away from any Michael Porter Jr. Uh, action because... <laughs> Did not look great. You're going to be following, twi- you're gonna be following Twitter... Uh, every day seeing uh, the latest status or which uh, back specialist he saw from somewhere around the country. Yeah. And you're probably going to have to buy a red hat. Um, if you're, if you're really going to support him, cause uh, you know, he, he, he wants to make the nuggets great again, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, yes, but does. yeah, so, I was going to say, we were talking before the show about uh, our boy Dante DiVincenzo. Oh, uh, cool. 5,500. If you're if you're a Dante DiVincenzo fan, and if you're a, if you're another white guy, uh, a fan of another white guy, Grayson Allen, cool plus nine thousand. Yeah, um, so. but yeah, I really I you know like I, we made that Lori Markinen bet very speculatively. It was eighty to one, and I think in any world we were justified in making that bet because uh, he was. I think we got unlucky from the perspective of we hit arguably the best rookie trio in like 15 years and since probably 2003 in uh in tatum mitchell and simmons 
Right. Like, how could we have known all three of them were going to be that nuts? Because marketing was good. Yeah, especially when uh, the, the some playing time opened up for him when uh, starting power forward Nikola Meritage got punched by reserve power <laughs> forward Bobby Portis. And it just kind of like all I kind of came together were like, oh, my gosh. It's Markkinen, happening. Markkinen had the like scored 30 points a game for Finland at the Euro uh, European Championship. So then that line dropped. And he was the seventh overall pick, so he has a lot of pedigree. And then that happened where he was going to get a lot of playing time, and they kind of revolved it off. I genuinely think because really what we wanted, what we needed was to get have it be a two horse race between him and whoever was going to win, so we could just bet like you know a thousand dollars on Simmons yeah. or or yeah. Mitchell or whoever. But it ended up he didn't even make top three because we have bad luck. But still justify. I still feel like that was a very defensible point. And I really do think Shea Gilgis Alexander at 33 to one is that's pretty outrageous odds for a guy who also was a lottery pick is going to have the opportunity easily could have gone higher if teams had just picked it a slightly different way. Um, and I would honestly say he's more likely to win it than three or four guys in front of him in the, on the odds. So uh, that is definitely someone to keep our eye on Nate, any other, uh, bets that you see interesting on around the sports books or have we pretty much exhausted all our options um i think one way to go and it's kind of going back to uh, teams we like or dislike kind of the over under route but instead of a over under a division bet and i know in the nba divisions are kind of useless with how the playoffs work but not useless still, in vegas yeah there's still markets for them and ways to bet them and uh, i noticed the boston celtics were minus 130 to win their division, which is basically saying that they're going to have a better record, probably the best record in the East, and have a better record than the Raptors and 76ers, who's their best competition. God, I remember um, when they used to call the Atlantic division the Titanic division because it was so shitty. <laughs> I don't remember those days, but uh, I, 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 you see, I, I didn't even know the, the like, isn't the, someone's in the Northwest too. The, the geography's all messed up, I think. Right? Oh yeah. It's the, uh, the Thunder in the Northwest. Cause they yeah, just, right. the Sonics moved there and they're like, ah, you're still in the Northwest. It's fine. Yeah, that's a, that's a slap in the face, but yeah, I like the Celtics minus minus one thirty. Uh, the Raptors in that division are plus 260, and the uh, 76ers are three to one. And the other two teams are the Nets and Knicks. Uh, so obviously you don't have to worry about them. Uh, I just like this, the idea of this bet because of the way the Celtics play where they really, really try in the regular season because we all know Brad Stevens came from Butler and has that, has that college mentality. They won, they, 55, they won 55 games last year with zero Hayward and only half a season of Kyrie. Right. So they get, they get Hayward back. Uh, they Tatum and Brown developed – very well in uh Hayward's absence so maybe it'll be a little tough at first juggling all those players and with the minutes and how those how they're used but um if you look at the odds to win the Eastern Conference the Celtics are the odds on favorite at minus 130 so they have the same odds to win the East as they do to win the division and I know that's so if you're gonna bet if you think they're gonna win the East you might as well bet the division because you're just taking out any surprise interlopers I think if you think they're going to win the East, you think they're going to be amazing and going to win over 60 games and likely winning the division because I don't think the Raptors or 76ers are quite at that level. 
um, this season. So yeah, I think the I Raptors like the are your only real threat. Like, yeah, the Sixers won fifty two games last year. I would be stunned if they take like a six game jump up to like fifty eight, and I think that's going to be about what wins this division. So I, the Raptors are really like. It's you're just betting against the Raptors at that point, like Celtics versus Raptors. Who do you think is going to have more wins uh, in my yeah. eyes? And I, so what yeah, are the so Raptors I, on that division? The Raptors are plus two sixty. Oh, I kind of like that. Actually. I might like that more. Uh, it, and they're, by the way, they're four. the Raptors are four to one to win the East. Um, and the 76ers who don't so have they, as good odds. They're to win plus two fifty to win the East, but they're plus two sixty to win the division. So the, the Raptors are plus four hundred to win the East. Oh, they're oh, I think you just bet that then. That yeah. that's weird that the Celtics uh, win the East and win the division are so disparate or are so close when the Raptors are so disparate because it's a three team conference at the top. Maybe the Bucks can break in, but not. I don't think they would win sixteen more games than last year. That's. I think that's a mistake, and I think you actually would want to bet. I think. That actually, do you think that would be a good hedge almost? Just throw, if you think the Celtics are going to win the division, but you think, oh, well, you know, maybe the Raptors might burn me. Just bet the Raptors to win the East at plus 400. Yeah, the the thing with those bets is usually you can wait closer towards the playoffs or sometime in the middle of the season to get the better number. There's really hard, not much value betting on these, uh, these future bets, especially to win the Eastern Conference, which won't be decided until late May, um, to bet that in October. So you can bet it, you know, around Christmas. I think pretty much every day they're updating odds. So if one of those teams starts off poorly, but you think they're still going to be good, you can get a better number. So like the Celtics at minus one thirty is an absolute joke if you th- if you're going to bet that. I think that's good value because they could maybe struggle, get off to like a you know six and six start or something if uh, some of the pieces have trouble meshing um, early in the year and then you can get like plus 150 or something. So I think it's always good to wait when it comes to betting the East and West and NBA finals until at least uh, you see something that really sticks out or just wait till the playoffs and kind of bet the series prices and go from there. That makes sense. Um, So I think we're just about out of time, but before I say goodbye, with LeBron going west and probably breaking his uh, final streak and the Cavs obviously almost certainly not going back to the finals this year, I'd like to pour one out for our two favorite bets. Kevin Love first to score <laughs> in game one of the of the finals, oh, which boy. he got the first shot, I think, three years in a row. I remember he definitely did this year. And, and he threw it off an air ball or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like a shot clock violation, or yeah, you hit the side of the backboard, uh, and then the shot clock violation went off. Well, one um, year you we you won it, right? Uh yes, I did. I did. I won it in 2016, um, wow. and I think I got it like plus 750. And yeah. then we also need to pour out because LeBron almost certainly won't be back to the finals this year. LeBron to lead the series in rebounding, which he does every year. Yeah, because he plays be, 46 he be minutes a game. Right? So yeah, he's those, always like plus four hundred. Yeah, I, I think with Draymond Green usually would be the favorite when it came to that, or maybe even Tristan. Tristan or Kevin would always yeah. be the favorites, but those guys only always ended up playing like twenty six to thirty two minutes, and LeBron's out here playing like forty five. It was like 
the most consistently terrible line set that really what we should have done is just saved all our bets for the year, saved all our money on things that were closer to 50-50 propositions, just go all in on the LeBron to lead the series in rebounding because <laughs> it won every single year. Yeah, definitely will be different this year looking at the NBA Finals. God, with, it's uh, going to be so weird to not have him there. LeBron and the Cavs in because that was kind of just – uh, a normal routine the last four Junes where you were looking and handicapping a Cavs-Warriors finals, and uh, it just seemed like it was inevitable every year. And even though it was very close to not happening last year, it somehow pulled through and unfortunately uh, couldn't be as competitive as some of the other series. Damn game one. Oh, well. Anyway, uh, Nate, thank you so much. I think our listeners are going to be very informed here. Certainly one of my very best friends and one of the best gamblers I've ever met. Nate, of course, uh, won the 2016 World Series. 2014. It's been been a while since I... Holy shit, we've known each other a while. Yeah, Nate Nate won the 2014 World Series of Handicapping. Uh, 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 He's an NFL better at heart, but uh, every now and again he joins us for these NBA discussions. Yeah, I like any sport where there's a point spread and you could uh, bet on that. So basketball definitely falls in under that category and that's why i'm excited for the nba season to start. and we don't have to and we don't have to worry about boosters paying off coaches in the college ranks yeah uh, or the lines or 19 year olds trying to make a three throw to ice the game or something that's college I'll, basketball is tough i'll it's never tough. forgive rick barnes for that loss <laughs> oh no texas horrible against, memory against iowa state <laughs> speaking of hoiberg i think that was a hoiberg coach team that uh Ah, yeah. Rick Barnes, you son of a bitch. I think he's at like Texas A&M now. Anyway. He's Tennessee right now, I think. Ah, uh, Tennessee. That's where he is. Yep. That'll be great until he gets fired for either underperforming or paying players. Either one's yeah. happening within the next three years. Nate, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, uh, Justin will be back with us uh, next week as we kind of go back, dive back into the Cavs. Uh, if you want to support the pod, uh, please uh, like and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify. We're pretty much everywhere at this point. And if you really want to support the pod, please leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, if you want to join our exclusive Chase Down Discord chat, uh, where we can kind of get away from the toxicity of Twitter and just be Cavs fans, uh, all you got to do is review us on iTunes and email chasedownpod at gmail.com with a little screenshot of your review or just you know, tell us what you reviewed. We'll believe you. And uh, we'll shoot you an invite and you can join our uh, budding community. I think we're getting near 50 members at this point, which is really exciting. And we're having a lot of fun uh, with the season. So again, Nate, thank you so much for joining me. It was an absolute pleasure. I miss you dearly every day. And uh, glad we can continue to talk about gambling, uh, even though I no longer live in Chicago with you. Please, uh, as I said, rate and review the pod. Thank you for listening. And as always, go Cavs.